Well, welcome back to The Family Path. My name is Greg Bolowitz, and I am here with my wife, Jocelyn. Thank you for tuning in to us this week. I hope you are having a great week. Um, If you missed last week's episode, we talked about um, how to raise disciples, not children. And we focused in on how to build the foundation in their life, which is God. And this week, we're going to stay... Uh, in the same wavelength, and we're going to talk about persevering as parents when we don't necessarily see any fruit in our kids' lives. Um, So one interesting thing that we have to ask about fruit is, where does fruit come from? And fruit comes from a seed, and somebody sows that seed. So we're going to look at the parable Jesus gives us about the sower. And Jocelyn, why don't you go ahead and he, he lists different soil types, and that's where we kind of want to hone in today. So why don't you recap and in your own words, tell us, tell us the soil types in this parable. Okay, so one of these accounts can be found in Matthew chapter 13, um, verse 1 through 8 is what I'm going to be talking mostly about, but then Jesus's explanation comes after that. So Jesus says that a sower goes out and he sows seed and Jesus parallels the seed that's going to cause a plant and then ultimately fruit to come from it to the word of God. And then um, just some spiritual growth coming, coming from that or someone being born to life from that. And so There are four different soils that Jesus brings about or talks about in this. The first is that the seed falls along the path when the sower goes out to sow it. And Jesus says what happens to this is there is no growth because immediately when the word of God, the seed falls, um, the devil just comes and snatches it away. Right. So you think about a path. Like think about a path when you're walking in the woods or or just a well-beaten path like that Mm -hmm. saying. Not nothing can penetrate that soil at all. That's why it right. just lays at the top and birds come get it. All right, keep going. Right. And then the second one would be rocky ground. And so the soil would fall or the seed would fall on this type of soil and it might spring up immediately, but it would have no depth of root to it. And Jesus says this would be like when you tell someone the word, they immediately seem like they receive it. They seem very joyful about it. But then when any persecution comes and he parallels that to the sun beating down on this, um, they immediately fall away. Mm-hmm. And so... The third um, would be when it falls amongst thorns. And so what happens here is the thorns sort of crush it out and it doesn't really allow for any good growth to occur. And this is a parallel, Jesus says, to when the seed falls on someone's heart, but then, and it might seem like it grows for a little while, but then the cares and the riches of the world um, come in and put a lot of shade and like just choke it out. Yeah. And then the fourth soil is good soil that Jesus says causes a lot of growth and it produces grain, some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Yeah. So what we're trying to do with our kids is what? Based on this scripture. Yeah. We want to prepare the soil of their heart. And in that we want to plant, obviously we are the ones that God calls to plant seeds and to water, but then we also have this unique ability to just prepare the soil of their heart train them up about all these different situations. Yeah. One interesting thing in this parable is there are different types of soil, but the sower is sowing one seed. Like the seed never changes. Mm -hmm. And the seed, if you haven't picked up on it, is the gospel message. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what we want to teach our kids. Um, But the seed never changes. That, That message doesn't change dependent on the soil that it's thrown on. Mm -hmm. So 
we as parents, we want to get, we want to till our children's hearts into good soil. So if we mm-hmm. even push this, I mean, a sower is basically a farmer, right? Right. Um, think of a farmer, what they do with their fields, they till it, they add nutrients to it, they let it rest for, mm-hmm. for a season, then till it up again and throw manure on it, you know, like right. they're mm-hmm. working the ground, preparing it so they can sow that seed. And Which that's is what, what I think we're we, trying to do as parents. Right. And that's a lot of what I feel like we talked about the last episode and how we do that. Like you're just raising your kids in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, um, filling them with God's commandments, putting his uh, word at the center of your day, raising them in that way, also teaching them about the world, the ways of the world, how that's going to try to choke it out, you know, doing all those things. But at the end of the day, your main job, aside from just doing this, is to go out, plant seeds and to water it. Right. That's the goal. So one thing that it says that is out of the sower's control is the growth, the growth, right? Mm -hmm. The sower has no real, um, it doesn't have no authority, authority over, over the, the seed actually springing roots and growing out of the ground. Right. He's working what he can with what he has, tilling Mm -hmm. up the soil and working, planting the seeds. I mean, it really, it sounds like a lot of work. I mean, if you're, if you know farming at all, like it's hard to cultivate a vegetable garden, Mm -hmm. let alone an entire field, entire farm. Um, And it kind of really points back just to push it a little bit further. Think of the curse that happens in, in Genesis when man sins and and God curses Adam to, he's going to have to labor and toil Mm -hmm. in the ground. Like, so farming's hard and and Jesus is pulling the same analogy of farming and sowing and, and soils into this parable. And for us as parents, we have to realize this is hard work, right? This is difficult work. Mm -hmm. And it's going to feel like we are in a drought, like nobody's watering, like, well, God, why aren't you watering the seeds that I'm trying to plant? Why are, why is no roots taking in the soil that I'm trying to prepare? Like what's happening? So we have to persevere. Yeah. And, and we see Paul even talk about in first Corinthians, how he'll say, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So at the end of the day, it's God who has to give growth to our kids. Um, We are still obviously accountable to our share in the ministry of the saving of their souls that God has granted us um, to be a part of, that he's given us this privilege of being a part of, but ultimately their salvation is God's. And he's the one alone who has the power to breathe life into them. Um, We're accountable for our part. We're not accountable for God's part. If our kids aren't being changed, ultimately that's between them and God. Mm -hmm. What's between us and God is how we manage what he has given us. Right. We are held accountable to God for what he has given us to be stewards over. And at the end of the day, God can do anything. So like we want to obviously keep persevering, knowing that God is a God of the impossible and at any time he can cause growth. But is he going to do that if there aren't seeds there ready to plant? Of course he can, but we know that his mm-hmm. desire yeah, is for these seeds to We're called to work alongside and co-labor with Christ. So we're called to do something alongside of him. Right. Um, before we kind of, we're, we're going we're gonna to push that point a little bit further, but I think in the the scripture that you read in first Corinthians, where it's, I planted Apollos watered, God gave the growth. I see such a, a good correlation with the idea of parents and what they're supposed to do with their kids and 
um, extracurricular things like youth ministry and kids ministry, mm-hmm. Sunday service, uh, them going to any type of kids church or whatever. So as parents, we are called to cultivate the soil. Mm-hmm. We are called to plant the seed. We are with our kids I don't, 90% of the time right, right. out of the day. Um, we're called to do those things. That's our primary responsibility. Mm-hmm. This scripture speaks to the fact that like those extracurricular things like kids ministry and youth ministry, they're they're there to water, to right. nourish, to they're add supplement. something, to supplement. Mm-hmm. They are not, they're not, they're not, they do not exist to to till the soil of your kid's heart, right. to plant all the seeds that you should be planting. That is a total cop-out of responsibility on the parent's part. And don't fall into that trap. You may feel unequipped to till the soil of your kid's heart and let that conviction reside, you know, Mm -hmm. like feel that conviction and dig into the word Mm -hmm. and like live with your kids and and continue to try to push your faith forward so that you can shepherd the souls of your kids as well. I mean, as a Christian parent, if you're taking your kids to church on Sunday morning and then they're going to youth or they're going to kids ministry and you feel that you're doing enough... I would, um, I'd have to disagree. Honestly, I would just have to say you're not doing enough. And I think that the Bible would back that, especially in light of what we looked at in Deuteronomy six, where God's command through Moses was that they would be talking about these things, teaching them to their children all throughout their day, when they lie down, when they, um, are walking, you know, all of those things that that's a lot more than just what happens on Sunday morning. That's Mm -hmm. a lot more intentionality coming from the parent. That's a lot more training that primarily is from the parents. Yeah. Not only, so yeah, we're talking about parents and kids right now, but even for your own life, right? Mm-hmm. as a parent, like if you're just going to church. Just as a Christian. As a Christian. Right. If that's it, that's, that's not a good place to be. You need to right. dig deeper. It's a good place to start, but you should be growing beyond that. So let's talk a little bit more uh, about persevering in our, in obedience and, um, you, you've touched on we perse- we we really persevere because we were called to this ministry as right. parents. And we're accountable we're acca- to and, this ministry. And because we're accountable to God. When we stand and give an account of our life, like we want to hear, well done. Right. Yeah, because ultimately he's going to say, okay, I gave you this to be a steward over. What did you do with it? Like, I always think when Paul, in multiple letters, he refers to the churches or some of the disciples he's made, I mean, mainly just like the churches in Philippians, First Thessalonians, what whatnot, we see him refer to them as his crown and his joy before the Lord. And I'll always tell Greg, like, at the end of the day, this is what I, this is what helps me persevere in my day, is I just look at, at these seven kids and I think... They are my crown and my joy before the Lord. This is the ministry that he has given me first and foremost to pour into for his namesake, for his glory. This is how he's asked me primarily to give my life away for him. And I'm not responsible for their judgment ultimately before God, but I am responsible for the unique ability that he has asked me to invest in, in them and how I have stewarded over it, how I've invested in it. And it's more about what the fruit is in my life necessarily than it is in theirs on account of how I stand before God. You know what I mean? I think it's profound. I think if you're listening to this and you've never thought of parenting or motherhood or fatherhood or single parenting, any parenting at all, 
as a as a ministry, you need to rethink that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that is the 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 biggest ministry that you have in your life is right. to raise your children in the destruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking there's probably some people thinking out there like I really never thought like yes, I think about I need to provide for these kids. Right. I need to go work hard. I need to work 80 hours a week because I want my kids to have more than I had as a kid, mm-hmm. which all good things, right? Like we want to provide for our kids. We want to give them things better than what we had. But what we had growing up was not a faith in Jesus Christ. Right, right. And I think that the conviction really hits us hard we want our kids to have that. Right. And that, that's what is just the, the, the light bulb clicked in our heads. That's what we want to give our kids. Their eternal inheritance is far more precious than any earthly inheritance that we can lay up for them, for sure. Yep. And so this is the ministry that God has given us as parents. Um, and he asks us to be good stewards over it. The way that we steward it, the way we invest in it is ultimately our fruit in our lives and our children's response to that does not change what we offer on our behalf to God. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at Jesus giving something, <laughs> a, a mina, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> a yeah, mina, mina, tomato, tomato. We <laughs> kind of went back and forth uh, before this podcast. We're like, is it a Mina or mine? I then we can't just remember. put the audible and we, Bible and, and listen and then to someone else say it. <laughs> to figure it out. It's a long I sound, so it's a mina. But let's look at uh, Luke nineteen and let's. We don't have to read the whole thing, but let's summarize um, the parable of the minas. Yeah, basically, um, Jesus tells him this story of. Um, just to make it simple, a guy who, who is a ruler of a kingdom and he has 10 servants and to each of them, he gives out 10 minas and he asks them to go and to be good stewards of it. Right. And so we see three of those people who come back for judgment. And then the story sort of falls by the wayside there. But the first one um, stands before the ruler in of this kingdom and says, um, with the mana you gave me, I made 10 minas more. And we see that he was so pleased with him. And he said, good, uh, you know, faithful well servant. Faithful. Well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you will be blessed. So his reward was much greater because he invested in what was given to him. Mm-hmm. So then the second one comes and says, with the mina you gave me, I made you five minus four five minus more. And he gets the same response from the ruler of the kingdom. He says, well yeah, done, good well and faithful done. servant. Exactly. And so he gets a greater reward because of what he did. And then the last one comes and says, okay, I was a little bit afraid of you. And so what I did was I took the mina, I wrapped it in a towel and I just kept it here and I kept guarded it. Nice it. and safe for you. Yes. And he, he's even like, I just, I protected it for you. And look, I still have it for you. Here it is. And the ruler's like, no, you should, if you were really afraid of me, like then you actually should have done something about this. Like even he goes as far as like, you could have at least put it in a bank and got me the the (laughs) 1.00% APR on a savings account, which is ridiculous. Right. Right. And so he (laughs) says- But that's his point. He's like, you should have done something with what I gave you. Right. And he even says like- you should have just gave me the interest I was owed. He didn't even say you should have done what the first guy did and made me 10 minus. He's like, you should have just invested in it a little bit. And so basically he goes on to tell him like, even what you have will be taken away from you for those who don't do anything with, with what they were given. And the one who has will be blessed more because of it. So you just see this as 
God gives us things to be stewards over, and he has an expectation that we're going to do something with it. We're going to invest in it. Yeah. Now, this is monetary, you know, this is money. And you could really, the principle and the application is you could run a million different ways with this parable and how you apply this to your life. Right now, we're going to apply it to what God has given us through our children. So if you think about that, you know, if you're not pouring into your kids, like God has given you this precious life, like little creation happening in the body of the woman, like you're partaking in this creation story Mm -hmm. right inside of her. And you're a part of that. Mm -hmm. And what are you going to do with it? Right. Are you going to be like the person that, well, I'm just going to. I'm just going to raise this kid like to worldly standards. Like I'm, I'm going to care for its basic needs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure it grows up well. It's well fed. I'm going to give it, a, give it an ev- education and I'm going to send it on its way. Right. I'm going like, to do a good job at raising a child. Yes. I, you, God, th- I, you gave me a sinner that came into this world because we're sinful. Mm-hmm. And I basically left it and produced a, a sinner and just took right. care of it, mm-hmm. raised it up. And sent it back out. I sustained I it nothing. and gave it exactly back it. to you the way you gave it to me. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be happy with that. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially in light of the fact that he's going to say, you you said you believe in me. You said that um, you receive Jesus and that mm-hmm. your life has been changed because of it. We want to stand there showing that our life has been changed. I mean, by becoming a follower of Jesus, when we love him, we obey his commands and that causes a radical life change, right? I think all of us would agree with that. But are we going to stand there and say, this changed all of my life, except for my parenting. It didn't really change that. I didn't change that at all. How are you going to offer that to God? I mean, that would be holding back a Mm -hmm. piece of yourself. That would not be completely carrying your cross. You know, it's not going to be easy to raise your kids this way. They're naturally, because they're sinners, going to rebel against us and whatnot. Those aren't times to run from them. Those are times to run toward them. And this is going to look very different for each of us. And it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of investing in which we're not going to see a lot of fruit from most likely in that moment, mm-hmm. but overall you're in it for the longevity. You're preparing yeah. the soil of their soul. That way, no matter what happens in their life, maybe it be years down the road when they're at this low point that God decides to point, pull back the veil. You're just asking that there is a veil to be pulled back because you have labored for this soil that the kids are like, well, I, I do know who to run to. Like my parents did always teach me this. I do know who I am. I'm a sinner at my baseline. That's why I'm here. And ultimately, I think I do understand that I need to turn my life mm-hmm. to Jesus. And maybe that will happen down the road. Like right. obviously we pray this happens earlier rather than later, but yeah. it's all about the soil. You know? Yeah. The fast, er, the faster your kid runs away from you, the faster you try to catch up right. and pursue them. But as we were talking beforehand, like we're, we're, we're trying to think that through and, you know, that time is of the essence. Right. Because we were talking about the, you know, the prodigal son and it's like, well, that child, he was of age. Right. He was able to make his own decisions. He could leave his, his family, his father, take his inheritance and go, and go do the life. The point that Greg was making before was like, well... I mean, the dad did give him his money and tell him to go. Yeah. You know? Like at some point, like you have, there's this, in that story, there's this feeling of like, okay, I've, I, I have nothing else I to do. I have no because control over it. This is a grown man now. Right. 
you know, mm -hmm. but in the store, I mean, what does he realize? Right. Like he's out on his own and he realizes my father's a good, safe place to come home to. I know that he will treat me good. He'll take care he of me. He back. even takes care of his servants. He's going to take care so of me. The, so son. my point is, the the if if your child is the faster your child's running away, the faster you try to run after him. Mm -hmm. That's not to be um, confused with like you actually doing something. Right. You may be quickly and fastly running to God in prayer for your kid mm -hmm. because they're just at a they're at an age that you're not this over shepherd over their lives anymore where you can't control what they do and don't do. But that doesn't mean that you pursue them. You don't pursue them right. in prayer and, and trying to get right. God to do an immaculate work in their lives. Right. And I mean, we have, in this country, we're really blessed. We have 18 years that um, the majority of our kids live in our homes. Yeah, and like even now, they stay with, until they're like 33. Yeah, so. praise the Lord, right? <laughs> I mean, okay, but for real, that's we a whole have, other topic that we're gonna have to get into. We have a long time that God has allowed us, where we are their authority. They have to obey our roles for 18 years, and those are 18 years that we control the environment around them. And it's our job to say yes and to, and no to things that are good or bad because we know how they ultimately affect them. And we set standards and boundaries based on what God's law, God's word says is okay or is not okay, all based on how we're trying to build this foundation of God in their life. This is how we invest in that soil. It might not feel good for your kids. When God is doing a work in my life and he's stretching and growing, it doesn't always feel good, but I can always look back on things and see how he was working good at those times, Yeah, you know? So we persevere as parents. Like if you thought this was going to be like this, um, make you feel good moment. But the reality of persevering as a parent is to be obedient to God. Right. Period. Because you're accountable to what God has <laughs> like, given you. And like, at some it point... It might not be what you want to hear. Right. But that's why you persevere. Because you have been saved by grace. Mm -hmm. And you have the seed of the gospel. And you're called to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And you persevere because you're accountable. Right. And you want to be obedient to God. All the while knowing God can do absolutely anything. So we should persevere knowing that God at any time can cause fruit to grow. And if he's working all things for good for those who love him in our lives as parents, those who love and cherish God, we can trust that whatever he is doing in our kids' lives in relation to us, he's doing for our good because he's asked us to partake in this ministry to help us to become more Jesus-like. So he's sanctifying us in this promise or in this process. And then we just pray knowing that God is a God of an impossible and he can do absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. and, and, and he desires all people to be saved. And if we're partaking in a good work of like laboring for the souls of our kids, just investing in them for the gospel, like why wouldn't he want to cause that growth? And I'm not going to be so bold to say like, it's going to happen, but I think you would have like God's, God's will. faithful. Yeah. And his God is, his will is that all people would be saved and that's his desire. And I think that if we really invest in that, he's going to comfort us in that, whatever that looks like, you know? So ultimately... There's going to come a day where we have to stand before the throne of God. Our kids will stand and they'll give an account for everything that they're accountable for. Their salvation rests ultimately between them and God. 
but we also are going to stand before God and just like our, uh, their salvation is accountable to them. Ours will be as well. Like God will have worked that out in us, but then he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? And your parenting is a lot of what he's given you to be a minister over. We were talking before this episode as well. And we're, you know, the last episode I talked about, you know, the seven kids that I have and, you know, the, the idea of multiplication Mm -hmm. and how fast and exponentially it grows. We love multiplication. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's not where I'm going here. Okay. That's where (laughs) I was going. to think about, okay, maybe Jesus doesn't come back for another 2000 years. Right. Mm -hmm. We've created by God's grace and by his faithfulness, hopefully seven faithful disciples. Mm -hmm. And 2000 years have gone by and we are in heaven and we are surrounded by an exponential, I mean, this is the goal, right? An Mm -hmm. exponential amount of people that believe in Jesus because of the seeds that two sinners that got saved by grace planted in their children. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, just think about being around a family of believers that's your blood and that's your genealogy that you don't even know about yet. That you labored for. All worshiping God. All because of what you did with your kids in this moment. Right. Like if each of our seven kids were to go out and invest in you know, have their own seven kids or, or oh, whatever, yeah. you know, or and then, <laughs> I'm a good at math. I don't know. Seven times seven, that's 49. Yeah. I think it's like more than that no, because it's, it's 49. Seven, is it? Okay. Well then the whole point is, but even beyond their own homes, any disciples that they would then go out and make, and then you know, those 49 had seven kids. Right. Then that's where And of course, I, just not limiting this to the, the kids that they have. And then the thousand years pass by, like it exponentially grows. Right. Um, and you have no idea what these kids will do for the kingdom of God. Like there's a quote that says like, what you do for the kingdom of God may not be what you do, but someone you raise, you know, right. I'm botching it, but, um, and that's exactly it. Like you have no idea what the Lord will do with. I think of David, like, I want to build you a temple God. Mm, you can start preparing some of this stuff, right. but your kid's going to do it for right. me. You know, um, if you're sitting here today thinking I, okay, I became a Christian after my kids were gone and boy, I feel convicted. Um, listen, there's grace. There's mm-hmm. grace in that. Mm-hmm. Like you need to still pursue your kids in this, in, in, in the season of life that you're in. Right. That might just mean prayer to God to open up some broken relationships, some doors, um, some prayers of deliverance for your kids for where they're at. And you might be feeling guilty and convicted, like if I would have only done more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need to give those burdens over to Jesus. You need to put those at the foot of the cross and you need to seek him and pray for your kids. Because as Jocelyn said three times, he's a God of <laughs> God of impossible, right? right? Mm-hmm. He can do anything. So, um, be encouraged in that. So I don't, don't let the weight of condemnation rule your life. Put those burdens at the foot of the cross, hand them over to Jesus and, um, pray, right. pray for your kids. And God knows when he pulled back the veil from your eyes, like he's not surprised that you were saved later in life rather than earlier in life. Like he, he knows when all, when he was going to call you to be his, you know, I mean, he called you before the foundation world, but you know, all the point right. I'm trying to make, <laughs> he knows that. So 
yeah, you have to give that over to him, but it's never too late to start. Like you could just have conversations with your kids yep. like, Hey, like, uh, I believe in Jesus and I'm really realizing the things I should have done differently. Yeah. And then you just, you can start having conversations. The doors with will about open it. Mm-hmm. and dominoes will fall. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, if you pray, if you pray freely, seek, seek God in that. So we'll recap here. So as parents, we're, we're on the same wavelength as last episode. We want to raise our, our kids as disciples. That's the right. goal. We don't want to raise just children. We want to raise disciples for Christ. And we do that by tilling the soil of their hearts. Right. We want the soil of their hearts to be prepared So our whole lives, we may be casting seeds at them Mm -hmm. and the soil of their heart's just not ready, you know, but we want it to take root at some level, Mm -hmm. at some place in their life to start growing, start tilling that soil. So we want to be able to take the gospel message, the seed that never changes, and we want to sow it into that good soil. And as parents, we want to persevere, even if we don't see fruit because we want to be obedient in our own walk and in our own faith, because we are going to be accountable for how, um, for what we do with what God has given us right. in this life. Right. And he desires to use us. Like it says, like he put his message in these clay jars, but yet this is where he puts his message. Like this is how he desires for people to get saved from other people. And he has um, given us this amazing opportunity to do that in our homes. These put just little disciples right there to be pouring into for him. That's it. Well, that wraps up this episode. I hope you found it encouraging and helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with somebody, tell somebody about it, share it on your social media, reach out to us. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, please go to our website, uh, thefamilypath.org and uh, fill out the contact form and let us know a topic that you want us to uh, speak more in depth about or a new topic in and of itself. So until next time, we'll see you then.